0: This is the Trout Bitten Podcast. Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten? Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten? Yeah. Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten. It's about trout. Wild trout. This is Trout Bitten. So this is the Trout Bitten Podcast. Welcome back and thanks for tuning in. My name is Dominic Swantoski. I'm the owner of Trout Pitten, a father of two young boys, a fly fishing guide, and the author of Troutbitten.com. So this podcast is the latest branch of the Trout Pitten Project, and this is episode 10. Now, way back in 2014, I started Trout Pitten as a way to document all of this for my two sons. I wanted a record of the fishing stories and the things that I'd learned about trout fishing over the years. Really, that was the goal. Those were the roots of Troutbitten. But of course, the whole thing took on a life of its own, and here we are today. The point is, my boys have been part of my fishing life since their beginnings. They've been out there with me since they were born. I was a daytime dad, and I worked at night. So the boys and I spent many, many days hiking beside rivers, eating lunch streamside, and casting into moving water. My goal has always been to give them a base of appreciation for the outdoors and to feel comfortable in nature. Of course, I hope they keep fishing with me as they grow older, but if nothing else, they will always have the sounds of a river embedded deep in their memories. In this 10th podcast, we're changing things up a bit. I'm going to read a story that I first published with Hatch Magazine in 2016. It's titled The Kid, and it's one of my favorites. But before I get to that story, let me introduce my special guests today. Here are my two sons, Joey, who's 13, and Aiden, 11 years old. And they're going to help me with the question and answer round. Are you ready, guys?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, good. Here is Joseph Dominic Swantoski. Hi, Joey. Hi. Hey, Joe, what's your favorite way to fish for trout right now?
1: Definitely inline spinners.
0: Now, what's an inline spinner?
1: Like a metal blade that spins with some beads on it. It kind of depends. Like, you can have, like, a rooster tail or whatnot. But, yeah, they're just, like... There's, like, a little lure, but they spin, and they, like, make noise in the water, I guess, and they, like, attract trout, but they also spook a lot.
0: Are are you catching more trout than me? Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Lately, Joey has definitely been catching more trout uh, than I have, and I can't even fairly say that I'm giving you all the best water or anything like that.
1: True. (laughs) It is
0: true. Um, I grew up fishing some inline spinners, but I didn't quite know how to fish them. What direction are you fishing those spinners? Where do you cast them?
1: Um, 90% of the time, I'll be casting them up upstream, almost directly upstream me. I will mostly end the drift at the bottom of me. Not really the bottom, but more to the side. Mm, yeah. But, um, you really do want to cast it upstream. But I have caught a good bit of fish d- fishing downstream, but it really does depend. Like, you, d- you do not want to fish downstream with an inline spinner if, um... It's like really rapid water because the blade's gonna spin mm-hmm. so much and it's gonna float to the top and you're just not gonna get a good drift.
0: So if you're casting upstream and now you're retrieving, how fast do you like how fast is that blade spinning?
1: Faster than the water is going. If the water's really fast and it's like really fast rapids, which there are fish in those, then you gotta reel pretty fast. And I've mm. caught fish almost I've caught fish out of any water that you can think of with a spinner at this point.
0: That's <laughs> yes you kinda have. Yeah. Yeah. One more question about spinners. Why do you think they eat them?
1: I think that they eat them because I, I think that the trout are like attracted to them because the the noise that they make in the water and also the flash. It's yeah. just like it kind of looks like a, like a dying bay fish or something. So I really do think that that just like puts the trout trout in a trance, kind of. Maybe
0: <laughs> in a trance.
1: Maybe they just like have to. They feel like they have to eat it or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I think it's like some like magic power. They're pretty insane.
0: It is good. Do you think they're going to eat them all winter long, too?
1: Uh, no. You don't? I have a feeling they're going to turn off at for about a week.
0: It's pre- been pretty good for you for a few months.
1: I know, but I just think if it gets, like, under, like, 15 degrees or the water gets, like, right above below freezing, I just don't think they're going to eat it.
0: Okay. Thanks, buddy. Hey, uh, all right, so here's your brother. Here's Aiden Dominic Swantoski. What's up, Aiden? Hi. Hello. Hey, Aiden, what's your favorite thing to do when you go fishing besides the actual fishing part?
2: Play with the river, our dog.
0: Ah, what kind of dog is he? Tell everybody.
2: Australian Shepherd.
0: What's special about an Australian Shepherd?
2: They listen good and they always want to be by your side.
0: Ah, that's true. So it makes, makes for a good fishing dog. Yeah, so he doesn't really take off and try to go out through the woods chasing rabbits or anything, does he? Do you play play games with them beside the stream? Yes. <laughs> tell me about that. Uh, what games do you like to play with River?
2: Uh, Play Fetch with him.
0: So what do you throw, sticks?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> A lot of one-word answers. Yes. Yes. Um, Aiden, tell them
1: about your big bass.
0: I know. Joey just said tell them about your big bass. So we were over at an undisclosed location, <laughs> 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 one of your favorite ponds. Tell us about the big bass you caught over at that pond.
2: Uh, so. Yeah. We were fishing at the pond with the shiners, mm. and I saw the big fish right on the bank. Mm-hmm. And I put my shiner right next to it, and it bit it. It spit out the hook, but it ate the shiner. Mm. So I put on another shiner, and I kept fishing for like another five minutes.
0: Could you still see the fish? No. Oh, but you saw him the first time.
2: Yes. Okay. And then, and then about five minutes later, I saw it again. Yeah. And it didn't go for my shiner. Okay. And then for about another five to ten minutes, yeah. uh, I saw it again, and it didn't go for my shiner. <laughs>
0: right.
2: And this whole time, I really wanted to get catch it. Mm, yeah. And then whenever we had like five minutes left to fish, I saw it like in the weeds so I put my shiner out in front of it yeah and then it was like right next to the bank Mm. and it ate my shiner and it had the hook on and whenever I got it in Mm -hmm. I was really excited and the hook was barely on it it was just hanging on its lip yeah and then we went home
0: (laughs) so your mom took you because I was real busy. And she tells me that you nearly tackled that fish. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bank side. Yeah. I in.
2: I didn't want it to go back into the water. Yeah. And the hook can't, comes off. So I kind of like got it in between my legs yeah. and then grabbed it by the lip. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah.
0: Got the, got the shiner out. Yeah. Got the hook out. Yeah. Uh, how big was it?
2: 17 inches.
0: Did you measure it? Yes. Are you, are you telling fish stories? <laughs> what I mean is, are you telling lies? Are you telling fish stories? No. <laughs> you measured it at seven. That's a big bass. Yeah. Large mouth bass. Yeah. All right. I did see the pictures. It looked pretty big. Uh, one more thing about that. How how was the fight? How big, how long was the fight? You bring it in pretty fast.
2: Three seconds.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you brought it in pretty fast. So he, he hit close to shore, huh?
2: Yeah, it was like three, four feet out.
0: Oh, from the bank. Yeah. I like it. Thanks for that story. All right, so hey, let's answer a few of the questions that I've received from podcast listeners. Will you guys read these questions for me?
1: Yes. Uh, Yes. All
0: right, Joey, will you read the first question?
1: Yep. This is from Rylan Quinton on Instagram. Does the clinch knot for connecting the leader to the fly line loop cut into the fly line?
0: Nice. Uh, Yeah, it does. But that's a good thing. Uh, One of my most popular technical articles... That i've written is about a different way to attach the leader to the fly line Um, i'll leave that link in the show notes here all fly lines come with welded loops these days Uh, so i simply use a four turn clinch knot into that loop um, as if it's a hook eye Um, that's how i change leaders it's a far quicker way to change leaders than any other method and it's better than the popular loop-to-loop method by far in my opinion and yeah when you tie the clinch into that loop the monofilament cuts through the fly line coating just a bit, and it bites into that braided core of the fly line. That's a good thing. That's what you want, because that's where the strength of the fly line is, so now you're connected to the braided core of the fly line. Anyway, it's a great way to do things. It's a really good way to quickly uh, change leaders, and it's also very streamlined if if it has to go through the guides. Aiden, will you read the next question?
1: Wait, Dad, I have a question. (laughs) About (laughs) what? Um. So you said four turn? Yeah. So you don't do six turns?
0: I don't. In that thicker diameter of the leader butt sections, which are way thicker than what you're used to tying into your your flies and your spinners, uh, you only need four turns.
1: Here's my recommendation. <laughs> if <laughs> you are using a inline spinner, I would do six
2: turns and reinforce it so I, it doesn't break.
0: I agree with that in, this, in the thinner diameters,
2: yeah.
0: yes. Aiden, how about reading this one?
2: This one is from Declan Nilsen on Instagram. Can you tell us about a time when you wanted to quit fly fishing? Why and how did you get past it?
0: Ah, so I don't know if I've ever wanted to quit fishing. (laughs) That's the truth. Uh, Even now, when I spend hundreds of days on the water every year, it's never enough. I just want to fish. Um, But I will say, that might be because my goal out there is to learn more than to catch trout. That's true. I'm constantly trying to improve on something or develop new techniques. So the interest for me is endless. uh, There's always something new that I'm working on. Another thing is, the more I fish, the more I'm drawn to be back out there day after day. And I think a lot of us really are that way. So I don't think I've ever, no, I, I never have really wanted to quit fishing. Joey, will you read one more question for us?
1: Yep. This is from Scott Williams in Virginia. Hey Dom, really love these podcasts. What's the next step for Troutman? Have you ever thought about starting a fly shop?
0: Uh, no. <laughs> I guess I've thought about it, but no, I don't want to start a fly shop. I have enough going on, really, without that added kind of work to my plate. I, I could see expanding the Trout shop, which is online, into more products, but I don't ever foresee a physical fly shop. Who knows? Uh, what's next, though? Uh, this podcast project is something that I really wanted to get going for a long time um before that it was the trout bitten shop before that i rebuilt the whole website um i guess i do always have in my mind the next big project and next almost certainly is publishing my first book uh that is a big project obviously but it starts this winter i think after my guide season thanks for the question scott and thank you boys uh do you want to say anything else
1: sure
0: (laughs) i thought you might uh what do you want to say joe so hey hey, how about some advice for parents who want to get their kids into fishing Because people ask me that a lot.
1: Uh, that's a good one. Okay. <clears throat> I would definitely think I would not start your kids out on a on a fly rod. okay it, it depends how how old they are. If they really are into that, I guess I guess you could. but if you're trying to get a six or seven year old into fishing, I mean, mm-hmm. I would not recommend starting with a fly rod. Okay. Maybe you could you could start them with. I feel like it would be a good idea, maybe, to just start off with like taking them to a pond just to get used to fighting a fish. Mm. Maybe then they could move on to like inline spinners. I mean, this just depends. Is my because I'm not saying the inline spinners are easier, but like a fly rod is really hard to get it going mm. and stuff. Okay, like honestly, it, it is harder in a lot of ways. But um.
0: We did worms and bobbers a lot, right?
1: Yeah, we did. When I was a little kid, we used to go to the same pond that Aiden actually caught the big bass. <laughs>
0: yeah, we um, still do, do worms, worms and bobbers sometimes.
2: Once in a while, yeah, sometimes for panfish. We mean, yeah, yeah, it's fun.
0: Aiden, do you have anything else?
2: Uh, no. Same thing as Joey.
0: All right, cool. All right, here's a quick message from our sponsors, and I'll come right back to read a story. Whether you're on the water or at the fly tying bench, Avid Max has you covered. Avidmax.com offers an impressive scope of premium brands and products to help you achieve your ultimate goal, success on the water. A catalog of over 19,000 products includes everything a fly angler or fly tire desires. With fast shipping and expert knowledge, you get the gear you need when you need it. Listeners of the Trout Bitten podcast receive a discount when shopping at Avidmax.com with the coupon code troutbitten 10 no spaces. Enter the code at checkout to get 10% off your first order. From high mountain streams to the salt flats, Avid Max has the gear and expertise to elevate your game. Fulling Mill is the world's leading producer of flies, fly boxes, hooks, beads, and tippet. Known for their barbless hooks, they have many of your favorite trout patterns tied barbless. Not only that, they feature patterns from anglers like George Daniel, Pat Weiss, Josh Miller, Joe Goodspeed, and many others from around the world. Every pattern is backed by the 200% Fooling Mill guarantee. If a fly isn't up to the highest standards that you expect, they will replace it with two that are. Stock up at foolingmill.com or ask for their flies at your local dealer. This is a story I wrote titled The Kid. It was first published in 2016 with Hatch Magazine. The kid was 10 years old and small for his age, but his legs were strong and he waited without fear. He fished hard. We shared a passion and a singular focus, so I enjoyed having him on the water. He stood just tall enough not to lose him in a field of goldenrod, and he weighed less than the family dog. But like the shepherd, he was sturdy, tough, and determined, with unwavering perseverance, keeping him focused during the inevitable slow days with a fly rod. He only talked of fishing. It was safe to assume that his conversations carried more variety with others, but the kid and I rarely strayed from the devotion. Trout and how to catch them. We chased wild browns and stalked bows across every lick and run in the county, every piece of water that was cold enough to hold trout and small enough for the kid to remain upright in a moderate side current. In truth, he fell in or went over his hip boots nearly every time we fished. Ambition tended to outweigh reason, and the pocket water off the far bank often seemed fishier than what was on the near side of the mid-current. After many falls, I'd watch him climb back out of the river to find a suitable log take a seat with a chuckle, and proceed to dump the water from his boots before wringing out his socks and redressing. But the kid was efficient, and I admired that. Brook trout streams were our favorite. It was the size of water he could manage. And I found in the kid a friend that would walk for miles for small fish and abundant scenery. He intuitively understood that the fishing was somehow secondary, that the walk would make the memory. He tied flies that looked like hell, but I never mentioned it because they caught fish and it made him smile, so that was enough. The kids' ideas about how to catch a trout were amusing to me at first, but I soon learned restraint in offering any advice. Instead, I was instructed by watching his instincts with a fly rod, which often outperformed all the things that are supposed to work. He was the most dependable fishing partner I've ever had. With the unbound freedom of a 10-year-old's short list of responsibilities, He was always available, would always fish, and never folded plans. Conditions didn't matter. On one rainy, cold November day with holes in his patched rubber boots, with frozen hands, a wet hat, and no raincoat, he slung his cheap rod with the old and cracked fly line, and I watched as he lit up the stream, netting one trout after another. On days that he didn't, he kept fishing anyway. I don't know where his natural way with trout came from. His father was not a fisherman. And the kid was mostly self-taught, honest-to-goodness self-taught, without YouTube videos or even much influence from any decent fishing literature. He was just an innately fishy kid with instinct and the desire to be on the water. One horribly windy day, with storms rolling through, we decided to fish anyway. The kid's mom told me he could go as long as I could make sure a tree didn't fall on him. No problem, I assured her, and I heroically rescued the kid from all the falling timber that a single day could bring which is to say, the kid and I went fishing together. After a couple years of sharing the water, we knew each other well and worked the river as a team. I took the bigger water and the deeper shoots while the kid jumped above to pick off fish in the skinny riffles. It was a good friendship. One early summer weekend, we took a long drive. Winding the back roads before dawn, we slowed progressively as we traveled northward, fighting fog in the cool valleys and dodging deer that we frightened with the headlights. Finally, as the yellow sun rose over a line of spruce trees, we parked in the ferns, gathered our gear, and walked into the silence. We followed the sound of trickling water upstream into the dense forest with the objective to walk until we broke out of the floodplain. We walked the lower stretch of the stream among the roots and fallen oaks with massive broken limbs pushing earth and widening the valley, miles of curving stream bed redirected from one season into the next. The kid fell repeatedly into the leftover trenches, overgrown with deep green plants. I turned once to see his hands pushing himself upright against the mossy ground. We shared a grin, and then we pushed forward. We walked for hours. When the dominant undergrowth finally gave way to adult hemlocks, the forest shaded the mid-morning sun, and we stopped walking. The fishing was as it should be in such a remote place. We threw dry flies into the black and brown corners of falling water, Hooking native brook trout gems as small as the kid's fingers and no larger than my hand. The water flowed down the mountain as we moved up and through it. We climbed a watery trail that narrowed as the hours passed. We rarely spoke, and we worked in tandem among the evergreens, among cold water and through a gentle rain that had set in, releasing one fish after another. We fished until sunset and then hiked east on an old logging road. It was dark when we found the truck in the ferns again. And with satisfied exhaustion, we drove dirt roads, then hard roads that widened like the stream itself as we traveled south down the mountain. The kid fought off sleep the whole way home. We talked of trout and winding rivers. Well, thanks for listening, Troutbitten friends. If you like this kind of story, there are hundreds more that I've written and published to be found on Trout Go to the top menu, then Articles and Stories. In fact, now might be a good time to explain that TroutBitten.com started as a fishing blog, but it's become much, much more. A lot of the content on TroutBitten is written almost as chapters in a book. There are full series about fly fishing with kids, streamer presentations, dry dropper styles, angler types in profile, tight line nymphing, and many, many more. If you enjoy this podcast and the TroutBitten Project, please support the sponsors that support TroutBitten. You can also donate directly by finding the Donate button at the bottom of every Troutbitten article. Likewise, clicking through any of the product links provided on the recommended gear page sends Troutbitten a commission. And of course, the Trout Bitten shop is there for you as well. So, thank you very much for your support. Aiden, will you read us out?
2: Remember, TroutBitten.com is a free resource for all anglers. So dig in and check it out. Navigate through the menus to find what you like, share it, leave a comment... Use the search page if you were looking for something specific. Navigate by way of the categories and tags too. Thank you for listening. Please give the show a 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment because it really helps. Until next time friends, fish hard, enjoy the day, and find your life on the water.